Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have another great show for you today. Um, we are here sitting down with Jennifer Gale, who is kind of a, a blend. She's a conscious creator. She uh, blends astrology and sound. Uh, she does acutonics, um, classically trained musician. So we're, we're going to talk about all kinds of neat stuff today. Um, so welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, so tell us, peop- tell us who you are and and what you do. Well, who I am is a person who has evolved over a very, um, you know, many decades as all of us find ourselves evolving into a new person, a new expression. But as you said, um, and have told listeners, I started out as a musician, and at the tender age of maybe 14, I think, I became so interested in astrology. At that age, we're all trying to fit in, well, really at any age, but when <laughs> when we become adolescents, it's that it's at that age that we really want so desperately to fit in. And many of us, and myself included, found that I just was feeling like an outsider everywhere I went, whether it was within my family tribe or among my peers. And my, um, I had a few close friends, but I was really just searching for answers about who I am, why I felt so different, and why I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. And somehow, you know, I came across this book, um, on astral, it's an astrology book, and it was all about my sun sign. And I found out from my mother what time I was born, so I knew where the planets were at the time that I was born, what sign they were in. I didn't know the houses yet, but that's how I started to learn about myself through the language of astrology. And that is why I am so passionate about it, because it was really a lifesaver for me. I grew up in a Catholic family, very conservative beautiful family, beautiful souls. And, but I didn't really feel, or I, I wasn't experiencing what I learned in catechism until I learned about myself through astrology. And that is that there is a divine intelligence, an infinite consciousness that is aware of every hair on our head and every prayer upon our lips before we are. And it wasn't until I learned about myself through the language of astrology that that became real and visceral and applicable in my life. So at this point, you know, musician and lover of astrology, and that began my decades of, uh, or my lifelong study of astrology. Later on, um, you know, I went to college, I got my undergrad in music, violin performance, And post-college, I became very interested in all the energy therapies. So I studied Reiki. I studied 
and um, healing touch and the classics. Um, yeah, the classics exactly. Yeah. Just to understand how energy works. But I always wanted to incorporate sound with those therapies, or some you know find a way to in, to involve sound in the process of healing because I. I also felt how healing music was mm. in my life, yeah. not just astrology. How did how did music? <clears throat> how did you experience music as healing in your life? Oh, I listened to music so much when I felt lost, lonely. You know, it did. It just enveloped me, and I, you know, I grew up in the. 70s so I was listening to the folk rock Simon and Garfunkel Linda Ronstadt awesome you know <laughs> um, many many others but that oh and uh, I mean John Denver I his not what they played on the radio but some of the songs that we're talking about spirit um, and the spirit and this oh, and the spirit fills the darkness of the heavens that lives within each I it lives within each part and, and is the whole. I forget all of the lyrics, but these were the songs that gave me hope, that kept me going, that made me feel like I wasn't the only one out there struggling to find answers um, about why I'm here and why we're all here. <laughs> so anyway, music, then astrology, energy work. I found myself through... Um, many, many changes in my profession, finally working at a school for acupuncture. And I, at that point, fell deeply in love with Chinese medicine and the whole philosophy, which looks at the body and all organ systems as part of a whole, so that nothing is an island, everything exists in relationship to its environment and that includes us and the cosmos as above so below as within so without and so chinese medicine and its foundations and the principles of the Tao, these all became integrated into my work and it was through um well so i i first worked at the school and then later became a student for a couple of semesters but by then I had found acutonics, acu for acupuncture, tonics for the tones that are used on the points and meridian system instead of needle insertion. And so you were blending mm -hmm. your music, the right. Reiki and all kinds of healing touch, all different modalities with your music, your curiosity, mm -hmm. with your kind of, it sounds like even it sounds like even astrology filled in a spiritual role for you very early on where Catholicism didn't. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so you just kept folding together whatever yeah. you got curious about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've been an alchemist. I That is who I am. I have always felt like I had to create, create from that space of what reflects upon me at the level of soul instead of trying to fit into a mold that the world has already created. And I was lucky to find acutonics because it does blend together the tenets of Chinese medicine with the sound and the planetary frequencies. So it really was an answer to prayer. Yeah, that's <laughs> so neat. So um, as you were as you were growing up, 
um, you kind of mentioned that you felt a little bit like an outsider and that your family was practicing Catholics. Did they have any issues when you were 14 with your kind of delving into astrology? Was there any any like any rub or any contrast for them when you started kind of looking outside their the religion? Yeah, fortunately, not at that age. Later on, when I began to, when it was more than just a hobby and something, you know, that my teenage daughter is interested in. Right. It wasn't just a phase. Later, when, when I moved away and was attending college and then after college, when I, you know, became an adult on my own and sort of, well, let's say, you know, snipped the proverbial umbilical cord. (laughs) (laughs) That happened at age 18. (laughs) (laughs) When I began to think for myself and question the foundations and principles upon which I had come from and um, when I no longer saw the world through those, you know, through those eyes the same as my parents did and my family still does. Um, that's when there were some problems to overcome. But I moved away and that made it a little bit easier for me to find myself and become independent. I, I will say for <laughs> Catholicism is very tough to break out of. I mean, you you can feel guilty and like a heretic for such a long time just for exploring other more universal uh, paradigms. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely have some. Uh, I grew up Protestant, uh, but you know that's not how I affiliate. But it's that's what, like a very first congregational. It was a very kind of loose religion, and you know mm-hmm. even our our reverend in that church was. Um, he that was being a reverend was his second career he was a football coach for most of his life and married and Mm -hmm. you know he was so chill he was so Mm -hmm. chill and you know i i sometimes when i talk to my friends who uh are non-practicing jews or Mm non-practicing catholics they they do this lingering guilt Mm -hmm. and there's these really strong holds from you know their early upbringings yeah deep deep roots and i don't regret my education because there were also some very deep and mystical um, not just learning from a book experiences but I I had I had some really wonderful experiences it's it it just isn't a worldview that I can continue um, bringing through my life and out It, it just yeah I grew out of it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but it, it certainly had, he certainly had value for me. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so sort of the, the end goal of the thing, um, maybe not end goal isn't the right word, but um, the, the thing that really caught you was the acutonics. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us, I know you said it was a blend of the acupuncture and the mm-hmm. tones and sort of these planetary vibrations. Can you tell us a little bit more about um, what acutonics is mm-hmm. and how it works and yeah, just tell us a little, throw the sure. that well, for us. Let's see. It would have been, I think it was the late... 80s, it was in the 80s, let's just call it the 80s, that Donna Carey, who um, is a licensed acupuncturist herself, she 
was the clinic supervisor at Northwest at the Northwest Institute for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine in Seattle. And she actually had a near-death experience where she heard the music of the spheres. And it was during and after that experience that she felt, you know, bound <laughs> on a mission and really passionate about creating a system by which people could experience the music of the spheres through these meridian channels. So she developed this system along with her then partner, Marjorie de Munich, who was a musician and who has passed, unfortunately. Um, but she, Donna is now with um, her CEO and partner, Ellen Franklin, and they have done um, amazing things with the Acutonics Institute of Integrative Medicine. When it all began, it was originally the Kairos Institute of Sound Healing, and now it's the Acutonics Institute of Integrative Medicine. Anyway. And so um, when you so, say the, the, um, that this woman experienced the music of the spheres, mm-hmm. what, uh, which spheres are ah, we referring to? Yes. Okay, so this is... Pythagoras's music of the spheres, the tones that that the planets emit and transmit in their orbits and evolutions. As they spin, they create a vibration. I mean, everything that moves creates a vibration, whether our physical ears are able to hear it or not. And really, for those of us who understand how energy works, everything is vibration. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so based on the work of um, Johannes Kepler, the planetary, the laws of planetary motion, followed by Hans Cousteau's um, octaves. I forget what his book is called now. I should know this. But anyone who knows Hans Cousteau's work will know what I'm talking about. Uh, I think it's the law of octaves. But he, it was based upon Kepler's work and Cousteau's work that the acutonic system was created and the tuning forks are calibrated to those frequencies, the orbital frequencies of the planets. So neat. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, and we're chatting with Jennifer Gale, who is an acutonics um, conscious creator. And um, so do you remember do you remember your very first acutonics session or receiving acutonics for the first time? I yes, I remember um I remember receiving acutonics in our intensives, but I would rather share an experience I had when I treated myself after I got the tuning forks. I had kind of a scary experience. I was by myself in my apartment and something fell off the shelf and it hit my jaw in such a way that I was Actually, I was unable to open my mouth. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I had this sensation of like a locked jaw and I panicked because, you know, you can imagine how um, frustrated, how, how it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Well, I got the tuning forks out. I knew the combination of tuning forks that are anti-inflammatory and that help relax. And so I applied them just behind the ears 
um, and in that jaw area and a couple of applications and I was able to open my mouth again. It was the most bizarre experience I've ever had. That is so wild. Yeah. But I, I mean, the, the power of vibration and sound is really profound. And that, I mean, that's just a, one of so many experiences that, where sound has changed my life. But mm. um, I'm trying to think of an, another example. Well, can you tell us what yeah. a, um, a, a typical acutonics uh, session kind of would look like if somebody had never, ever heard of it or received one sure. before? What would what would an acutonic session um, uh, be like or experience be like? An acutonic session without using the astrology chart is going to be different. It's going to be based on whatever methodologies the practitioner borrows upon. So those who practice acutonics may be acupuncturists, and they would lean upon Chinese medicine, of course, they would use that as their assessment tool. Um, Those who have a foundation in Reiki or energy work, healing touch are going to use their own methods of assessment. I borrow from, um, you know, different, I, I borrow from Chinese medicine, I had just a few semesters in the foundations, but I like to look at patterns. What we're doing is looking for repeating patterns that are causing stagnant energy or emotional um, disturbances, depression, imbalance, stress, anxiety. Chinese medicine is what I fall <clears throat> fall back to because the organs are the like the root system of a plant and So knowing how the organs affect the body physically and emotionally and energetically, where they reach out to in, you know, at the surface of the body, that then tells us which tuning forks, and and by the way, we use pairings of tuning forks, always use pairs to create an interval. And let's say one tuning fork is on lung seven, another one on kidney six, this is opening and accessing the conception vessel. So deeply nourishing to the yin energy in the body. And so if you're not familiar with what a tuning fork is, it is sort of this, it's almost like a very thick metal fork. Um, Usually they're just a few inches long, but they can be a little bit bigger as Mm -hmm. well. Um, And there's a a long, a little bit of a handle, and then it splits off into two prongs. And you can either use one and use it against a crystal to kind of start reverberating sound. Um, you You can really bang it against anything, but you're saying that you use two tuning forks mm-hmm. of the same tone and that is what creates of different tones of actually. different oh, okay. you can use um yeah ohm unison of course that's one tone but even when you use two tuning forks that are the same frequency you can hear that wave pattern if you were to hold those two tuning forks up to each ear you would feel it go like home you know you're you've can hear the movement of the wave of the sound wave. So it can be the same tone, but very often it's going to be a different tone that creates a different interval. And for music musicians out there, um, I just want to explain this is not frequency as we know it in our, you know, 
it's not the musical scale. It's not the musical scale, the scale, the Pythagorean scale. Uh, they're very elastic. They're very responsive to the energy in the body. So people have different experiences when the tuning forks are applied to them. Many go into a deep meditative state or they just, they completely enter, you know, uh, another La La Land or the Akashic Records and they're out. Um, Other people will feel maybe a slight popping sensation or the a bubbling or percolating that just the vibration that is activating at deep levels. And some people feel it right along the channels that we are applying the, the tones to. And some people will feel it at a referred point because that's where the sound needs to go to change and restore homeostasis or, yeah. So Reduce all kinds of stuff can start happening mm-hmm. once, once yeah. those tones are applied. Right. And are the tones applied to the area in question? Where do you mm-hmm. apply the tuning forks to? So first, the um, I, I work, and most acutonics practitioners work with what we call the eight extraordinary vessels. These are, um, in Chinese medicine, the eight extraordinary vessels are deeper reservoirs of energy that regulate energy to the ordinary 12 meridians. And they, they were do like the first, they were the first primordial. Yeah, yeah. They tap us into our primordial infinite, um, infinite source. And so treating them treats a multitude of things at the physical, emotional and emotional, spiritual level. Um, so we do two of the eight extraordinary vessels most of the time face up, but sometimes face down. And then we will do different points that are going to speak to the specific symptom or issues or disharmony that they're experiencing. And then we work down the spine. We work in the energy field. It all depends on what that person needs. Yeah. That's great. So if you're just tuning in, we're chatting with Jennifer Gale, um, who is an acutonics, who kind of mixes uh, sound and astrology to bring uh, us into balance. I'm currently reading uh, one of your books, Jennifer, um, which is the uh, the Return of Planet Sedna, and mm-hmm. um, and your other book title, um, which kind of goes a little bit more into the basics of of the work that you do as well. Um, but they're awesome reads, and I'm I'm really learning a lot about all this work. And um, I learned a lot just by writing them. Trust me. Oh yeah, <laughs> they took me down a lot of rabbit holes. Yeah. How long did it take you to write um, your your very first book? Oh, li- just a little less than three years. I mean, from the concept to actual publishing, around three. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And how did was your second book around that same pace? Yeah, around that same. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty, I feel like that's pretty efficient in oh. terms of writing really detailed uh, books that contain the astrology as well as the, you know, your yeah. all of your larger practices. Well, it was very spirit-led. I felt guided through the entire process. And with the first book, things just fell into place, so I knew it was meant to be. I was a graduate student, and I was doing a lot of writing. And it just so happens 
Is this an okay area to go into? You can talk about whatever you want, girl. <laughs> All right. Well, because this is kind of an interesting story. I was, my, my very first class in grad school was the fundamentals of um, complementary medicine. And the textbook that we were using for that class was written by a medical doctor. And I was so impressed with how he talked about all these alternative therapies from the medical standpoint because as you know those two don't always see eye to eye or or appreciate the other side and they're looking through very different lenses very different lenses yes so i reached out to him mark mccosey dr mark mccosey and i just thanked him for writing this awesome book and he wrote back and he said and i in the email, I just mentioned acutonics, because in his book, he had several therapies for treating the points without needle insertion. So I thought I'd tell him about acutonics. Anyway, he said, well, I think I might have room for that in my fifth edition textbook. So I sent him one of my papers, and he did minor edits and included it in his fifth edition textbook. And then he also asked me to co- author one of the chapters and I was so like I I was so flattered and and pumped I mean just absolutely pumped I have always enjoyed writing and I was doing so much of it better like that student yeah Yeah, like (laughs) if you do that much education you better like writing (laughs) yeah exactly well anyway so through our collaboration working on these chapters um I came up well I had had an idea in mind which I thought was going to be developed into a class a course and the original title was bringing planetary medicine down to earth I presented him with this idea for a book and just since I was doing this writing I'm thinking well instead of a course why not make it a book and I presented this to him and he said I have the perfect publisher in mind so I wrote the proposal he edited it and submitted it, and within two weeks, the publisher came by, Inner Traditions, Bear and Company, said they were interested in publishing the book. And so everything just fell into place like clockwork, and I knew, you know, that I was supposed to write this book. That's so cool. Yeah, and and so the book did not turn out with the same title or the same chapters that I had included in the proposal, but that is because once you get into the process the book reveals itself to you and who it wants to be and the message that it wants to convey. And the first book, The Science of Planetary Signatures and Medicine, is a comprehensive look at the repeating patterns in nature that are also found in the body, why we should even care about our cosmic connection, what is the human cosmic connection, and... um, and sound and how all of these patterns that we see repeating in nature come from sound and vibration. So anyway, that's how the first book came about. And as a student of acutonics, I had learned about the planet Sedna in 2003 when Sedna was discovered. And this um, is, Sedna was named for the um, immortal sea woman Sedna from Inuit culture. There are many firsts about this particular planet because it is 
beyond our solar system, and it may even belong to another binary system. There are lots of theories out there, and I am not going to pretend to, you know, to, to, to say to listeners that I know this, that I would, I would say, do your research. What, yeah. what fascinated me and what I've written about is the naming of Sedna and how, how important it is that this was the first planet to be named outside Greco-Roman tradition. It's one of the few feminine entities to also um, be named. And But the significance for us now, Sedna was discovered in 2003, and it was in 2004 that we had that massive tsunami in Indonesia and so many water events that have happened since then. And it's not just about the arrival of Sedna to our collective consciousness. It's about, you know, aspects to Neptune, Poseidon, <laughs> you know, and, but water is coming into our awareness. So, um, the profoundly. O- ocean cleanups. So, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why, what is, you know, it's the ocean of consciousness in which we all swim. It's our psychic sensitivities. It's our relationship with our emotions. And all of these things need major cleanup. So it's really about bringing our world back into balance um, by cultivating that inner path and the inner faculties, intuitive faculties, and really cleaning up our own stuff instead of projecting it out into the world and yeah anyway enough yeah. said about that <laughs> no it's really cool because I'm, I'm currently in the middle of reading the planet Sedna and um, if you're just tuning in uh, we're chatting with Jennifer Gale who uh, blends sound and planetary uh, vibrations and um, and to do her healing work and um, and the thing that I think is really really interesting is that when you're talking about planet Sedna, it's not a planet in our solar system, but it has this uh, orbit of what, 11 or 12,000 years. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very rare for it to be coming around. Absolutely. And the fact that it's yeah. coming around and, you know, in anywhere near us exactly. in our lifetime is pretty mm-hmm. significant. Highly significant. And uh, I love the the mythology of Sedna, which is yes. it's kind of a little bit of a dark mythology yes. of this woman who um, you can probably tell the myth better than I can. So well, go ahead. First, I want to say that most every legend or myth about the gods and goddesses, whether it's Greco-Roman or any other myth story, it's going to to seem very dark and violent. I would. What I talk about in the book and what I um, would like to invite listeners to consider is that these myth stories are actually describing astronomical events. So it's not so much a legend about an actual daughter of an Inuit family who refused to marry and her father betrayed her and made her marry and then her husband... um, who presented as a, a handsome, eligible suitor, then turned into, once they were married, turned into this raven seabird who you know, kept her in this 
very austere setting and she was away from the comforts of her family and cried out to her father to rescue her. Her father did come to rescue her. And as they were leaving her um, nest, (laughs) you know, the seabird nest, and on the water, the raven husband, the raven god, found them, flapped his wings, created this massive storm on the water. The father became scared and threw her through Sedna back into the water. As she tried to climb back into the boat, um, he cut off her hands and her digits, her hands and her fingers, um, which then became all of the life in the sea. So her death is what turned her into the immortal sea woman who now is known in Inuit culture, even today, you know, the, the legend is that she is the provider and withholder of sustenance according to how well the Inuit people are living in harmony with nature or in accordance with the laws of nature. And this is highly significant for us right now. When we look at how, you know, consumerism has just, gone off the charts and everyone I don't know one person who can turn their attention to the media or the news and not feel fear stress anxiety but this is why it is more important than ever to understand what's happening from the larger galactic cycles and where that we are we are part of a cosmic family and we have to learn to become better neighbors not only for ourselves and our own survival but for the reverberations that this that this gives out you know in all of creation like I talk about in my first book and I talk about it you know in well in both books anyway healing follows a law of reciprocity it's not just, you know, a religious uh, rule, you know, do unto others, etc. Although there is truth in that, but healing, you know, the law of reciprocity is a universal principle that no one can escape. And we all need to take responsibility for our own energy our, you know, the, our triggers, which come from the shadow expression of feeling defenseless or hopeless or helpless. And, you know, that's why we react in anger or fear or shame. And all of these things only serve to divide our world. And we need to unite our world. And that is another message of water. Mm. There is no separation. When two drops of water join you cannot separate them. You can't distinguish the difference. Right. And so when you consider that we all belong to this ocean of consciousness, it's it's incumbent upon all of us to become better stewards of energy at every level. Hmm. And so how do, as you're kind of looking at this larger scheme of how our these planets are, are influencing us, you know, the, the return of Sedna had huge impacts on our, um, on our planet and the water with the tsunami in Indonesia. Um, when you're when you're looking at planets in general, and you're looking at people's natal charts, mm-hmm. um, as you're working, 
natal chart is the the moment where you were born, uh, where all the the planets right. and asteroids are. Uh, so it's kind of looking at that whole astrology chart at the moment you were born. Um, how how do you fold in a lot of the um, how do you fold in the the toning? Yeah, with the astrology. Okay, so there are astrology is one of those subjects that is is quite a labyrinth and and quite multidimensional which is why I love it same with chinese medicine but for the purpose of our conversation the best way that i can describe it is there are many ways that you can approach a chart i approach a chart of course by looking at the sun moon and rising sign first pardon me for a second <clears throat> but i also look at the nodes of the moon because the nodes of the moon and any challenging aspects to especially the south node give us a great deal of information about where what energy has this soul been steeped in in the past whether you're looking at life from a multi lifetime point of view or a single lifetime point of view either way the south node contains important information about our past. And it's not that we need to abandon that information or that energy. What we need to do is keep moving forward and, e- and evolving and progressing with what works. Use the, the south node as a springboard, okay, for the north node expression, which is really the compass for joy in our life. And um, more fulfillment and more joyous fulfillment for the soul. So I combine, I look at the planets involved, the houses involved, because the houses give us a context for what areas of life have been affected by these energies. What's out of harmony or out of balance? What needs to be brought back into resonance? And um, so I apply those planetary frequencies and then of course i tie in the eight extraordinary vessels which of the two which of the eight are going to speak to this person's anxiety or whatever digestive issue whatever they're experiencing yeah yeah and so um and so i know that you have a, a youtube channel uh for its astro sound with jennifer gale and that's g-e-h-l so astro sound with jennifer gale on youtube and you you do these little astro sound bites every day based mm-hmm. on more of a general astrology for what's uh what's affecting kind of the collective consciousness it's always going to involve the moon because okay. the moon is what changes qu- more quickly. And so, um, but it's in, it's an intuitive assessment of the energies that are unfolding for that day. And of course, I'm not going to do all of the aspects, but the ones that come to me, those are, it's three and sometimes four frequencies that I blend together. And so I have just a little daily message along with the sounds. That's so fun. Yeah. I listened to this past Monday, I listened to some of your sound bites. I think they're they're also on um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, I feel weird. And like, not in a bad way, but, you know, I was like, oh, I feel really weird. And then this whole week, I've had the craziest dreams. Wow. So so I was they like... They tap oh. you into 
yeah, uh, different levels of consciousness, the the different dimensions. Yeah, yeah. It, w- it was really interesting. And so um, in a moment, we're going to play uh, the February 14th Astro Soundbite. And can you give people a little, uh, just a quick note about what what you were aiming to work on with today's soundbite? <laughs> honestly, Caroline, I would have to read it again because I write these so far in advance, I don't even remember what I wrote for That's today. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's no problem. Um, okay, cool. So maybe we should just dive into it and yeah. let people experience it yeah. rather than get intellectual about it. That sounds like a plan. Okay, cool. So if you're just tuning in, um, we are here with um, with Jennifer Gale, and we're going to listen to one of her astro sounds, uh, and this is designed to uh, help balance and harmonize the planetary tones for today Uh, so here we go in the astro soundbite for valentine's day we have the moon and uranus vibrating in opposition along the axis of physical and emotional intimacy depending on the situation this could electrify or close relationships for better or worse it could also manifest a sudden new attraction And with positive vibes from Pallas and South Node and Capricorn, the new contact could feel very familiar. So they're they're quick little sound bites. That was about forty five seconds um, of the the tone underneath. Yeah, and the idea. First of all, I started to create these just mostly just for fun and to plant the seeds for listeners and and to find my tribe. I know that these sounds for some. Even though I do custom recordings, customized recordings based on natal charts, solar returns, etc., those are much longer, and the person really has to be open to going into that meditative state. And they may even, you know, listening to these tones, they may feel different sensations in the body it's not even though it's it's well i'm telling you right now i feel it across my right eye and across the kind of side of my head so whatever Mm -hmm. whatever that was (laughs) it's the same thing i I don't know what i was listening to earlier in the week i think i just put it on for about five minutes and i listened to a several cycles that Mm -hmm. you had done and i think from the beginning of the year or something and i i was like i don't know what i'm i literally don't know what it is but i was just open to it i was just hanging out listening to it and yeah. it made a lot of shifts in my body. Yeah. Sound immediately changes what it touches. And it's and when you combine sound with the intention for healing, you it it, it it's I, I just feel like it is the answer to so many issues. I mean it will restore harmony and balance where it needs you know, wherever it needs to happen. And sometimes I, you know, I'm not going to say that it's all beautiful and feels wonderful because sometimes it is a, a little uncomfortable. It's got to unravel stagnant energy. It may have to work through resistance. But the end result is that of restoring balance and harmony. 
What have some of your clients uh, talked about their experiences? Um, what have What have other people observed from um, from receiving this work? Well, it's run the gamut of people who feel physical relief if they've had a migraine. Um, I've had even an elderly gentleman that I worked on when I first became a practitioner who had a swollen prostate. And when I treated, I just gave him a 20 minute treatment with the using the tuning forks that are um, used for the kidney and the urinary bladder. He felt an immediate, you know, sensation of relief, he was able to relieve himself freely, you know, without any restriction. Yeah. Can be quite painful when pe- Very, when men experience like right. any kind of prostate inflammation. Another example, I was doing mini sessions at um, a holistic place in Asheville, and this man had been in a car accident. He had fractured a rib, and it was just a twenty minute section session. I didn't know really if I could help him, but I Why not? felt I could. You know, yeah, yeah let's try. And he didn't feel anything after the session, but he called me later that night, absolutely astounded at the relief that he felt. And he was able to move around more freely. He didn't have the pain. So those are some examples of physical relief uh, from pain and mobility. But I've had other examples of very intuitive and, and sensitive people who have had visions you know they've when they've listened to let's say their astro sound recording um they may journey or they you know they feel their ancestral guides and their angels right there and they're able to have conversations or you know just opens them right up get the guidance that they need so it it really there's a wide range of experiences and some people just fall asleep and they don't have any conscious recollection of something happening. But I do believe that at the, at a deep level, change is still happening. And when the time is right for them to become conscious of what changed, they will, and they'll be able to incorporate that. That's really exciting. Yeah. Did you ever feel like, is there any way to know if somebody's been dealing with something chronic like depression or anxiety? Is there sort of a formula? Is it like, oh, this is going to be about five sessions? Do you kind of let things unfold? Or how how does that work when somebody's been dealing with something for a real, real yeah. long time? If it's, if it's been chronic, um, of course, that's going to show up in the intake form um, when we ask the client questions, we find out what the repeating patterns are of sleep or insomnia, of digestive issues or fear or whatever. So in that case, I do recommend at least five sessions to start. Well, four, because at least four, because I want to be able to treat all of the eight extraordinary vessels that way, because I do two per session. Two at a time. Yeah. So that's really treating the root system. And then from there, we assess how they're doing, what symptoms have been, have reduced, or the frequency has reduced, meaning how often they feel the pain or whatever, the the imbalance. 
or the fear or the anxiety? Are they sleeping better? And then together we decide what the ongoing uh, treatments will be. And um, have you found that your work with the um, with the planetary vibrations has influenced your uh, your practice as a violinist in any way? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I I have not yet really blended those two. I still sort of compartmentalize. Oh, I'm a violinist, and plus, in recent years, um, I've been focused so much on this work and developing it that I'm sad. To, well, let's put it this way. I'm not going to say, I'm going to say I'm happy to tell you, Caroline, that, <laughs> that I've recently picked up the violin again, and I'm, I'm starting to pay attention yeah. Yeah, to my my friend. It because, wants to sing, too. Yeah. <laughs> Planet Mars wants to speak through your violin, or maybe yeah. not Mars. <laughs> ah, Venus, Neptune. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Um, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you have coming up um, with the with the sound works and the acutonics and, and all of your, your healing arts that you've got going on? I'd love to say that I have a lot of book engagements <laughs> that I've got on the calendar. I'm certainly open to that. If there are any listeners out there who would like, you know, a 20, 30 minute talk or presentation, um, yeah, I I am open to that. Um, Can you shout out the I, name of your books one more time? Oh, sure. The first one is The Science of Planetary Signatures and Medicine, Restoring the Cosmic Foundations of Healing. The second book is The Return of Planet Sedna, Astrology, Healing, and the Awakening of Cosmic Kundalini. And those you can find online. Yeah, you can find them anywhere uh, that books are sold and online mm-hmm. um, and inner traditions. And yeah. Yep. And that's Jennifer Gale. That's Jennifer G-E-H-L. Yes. Yes. Right now, my focus has been on developing, you know, I really want to build a community who is as enthusiastic about this work as I am. It's not even the work. It's really about consciously creating the world we want instead of giving our power away all the time to the media, to outside authority, to the, you know, fill in the blank. I think. I hope people will understand where I'm coming from when I say I want us to create the earth we want to live in and everything we do affects the earth. The earth and every planet is a living entity. It it wants to thrive and it wants to allow us to thrive. And I, for one, am tired of living in Groundhog Day where we see different you know, different faces, different places, but the same stories being played out all the time. And I want to create something new. I want to, and and so I am, that's why I started the YouTube channel back in 2008. And I want to create, I'm, I'm looking to form a new YouTube channel. And the idea is to call it Sixth Dimension Sounds, combining the power of sound with the wisdom of astrology to consciously create. And I want to build a community where we can come together and whether it's the daily astro sound bites, well, I do new moon and full moon cycles as well and incorporate Sedna's energy because Sedna is here to help us get through this paradigm shift. 
And do we have Sedna for a while? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, Sedna is here to stay. I mean, it's just going to get closer and closer as along this elliptical orbit. It's going to get closer to our solar system. All right. More water, more more lessons <laughs> of water is what we have to learn from Sedna. Yeah. That's very exciting. Um, and so uh, if people are curious about your work, Jennifer, uh, where, where can they find you? Really the best place to go is my website, Soundworks by Gail, G-E-H-L dot com. That includes my other websites. Um, yeah, I think that's and my newsletter, and oh, I do want to mention that new subscribers to my newsletter receive a free natal chart and 30-page report. And until midnight tonight, new subscribers to YouTube will also receive the free natal chart and report. Exciting. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and do you have any uh, last words of wisdom that you want to throw out into the universe? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I I just want to emphasize that healing is reciprocal. The more we focus, it's not selfish to focus on your own healing and to um, anytime you feel fear or anxiety, listen to something or do whatever it takes to get back in the vibration of trust because there is a larger cycle unfolding and we are, I, I believe with all of my being, that earth is ascending. And ascension is not the process of leaving the lower vibrations because we're, th we're looking at things in hierarchy when we do that and, and looking at time as being linear. All things are happening simultaneously and we have access to these higher dimensions at all times. That's what I want to pull into this world in which we live so that we can see things improve. And so when, as we're going through that ascension, we're focusing more on the higher dimensions and the higher vibrations. And, and anchoring them in because we, we want to pull in the higher octaves of healing and the higher um, vibrations of consciousness so that that is what is moving us and driving us forward. And that's what we're emitting into the collective. The more we heal ourselves and the more harmony we experience within our own being, that is what we are transmitting and, and reverberating out into the collective. Mm. Something that just popped into my head, is there, is there a frequency for a sound for gratitude? Hmm. Let's see. Well, I would, I mean, I'm thinking Venus and Jupiter, you know, in terms of I'm thinking the planetary frequency. I don't know what other frequency that might be. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I was just thinking about that because that's been, that's a big part of how I anchor my own kind of higher frequencies is, you know, my own gratitude practice. But I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's actually a sound in the mornings mm. that I could tune into as well that I could, you know, play when I wake up a little bit. So... Hmm. interesting we'll have to research that and yes. pick your brain again on the future <laughs> i know that was kind of a question on the fly so <laughs> um well thank you so much um and if you're just tuning in um and you want to catch more of this episode 
you can go back and hear the rest of this episode on uh, on my website, which is reikinorthampton.com backslash radio. And so you can hear this whole interview with Jennifer Gale, um, as well as all other past episodes as well. So um, so please do go check that out. And thank you so much, Jennifer, for um, thank you being here and sharing all about what you do. And um, yeah, in your writings, I'm very much enjoying them right now. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, yeah, if you're curious, be curious about all this new stuff. If it's the first time that you're ever being introduced to it, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of different ways that we can explore this world. So have a great evening, everyone, and be well.